Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the AI Comic Pod, brought to you by the Anfield Index. I'm your host for this one, it's uh, Stu. Rory's not with me today, but I've got our good friend Mr. Joseph Connors with us, and we're going to do we're going to do Batman today. Um, we've we've tried in the past to do some comic things, and we always kind of struggled with how we were going to structure it and how exactly we could talk about them. And we've come up with a format that we think is hopefully going to work and hopefully is going to work for you as well. Because we do get people asking us for recommendations of, of what books people should read for certain characters. So what we're going to do is, starting off with Batman now, we're going to do a little bit of a profile of him, a little bit of his history, a little bit about the current stuff that's happening in Rebirth, and then we're going to finish by doing our top five books. And we think this is this is a good way for us to get our recommendations across to you with a bit more substance to them rather than just giving you a list of five books on Twitter because we can't really talk about them properly. So, uh, first of all, thanks for joining me, Joey. I know it's a bit of a pain in the arse with time zones and everything, but thank you for coming on. How are you this fine afternoon slash evening? I'm doing good, buddy. Um, anytime I can get the chance to come on, I love to. But Stu is right. It's you know he's he's in obviously England. I'm in America. Uh, we're doing this on the Sunday, which is probably our best day, but it is hard. So it's I appreciate you. Worst day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the problem. I got family, and Stu's got basically has a little kid as his dog, and yeah. he's got shit to do as well. So he's I've, being I've, I've been incredibly flexible. Buying, I've been out buying wedding rings today. Oh, and then I know. Eating. I know you're getting married, so a double congrats for looking at that. And then eating a lot of food, hence why I'm so tired. Yeah, that'll do it, right? <laughs> So, if we start right back at the beginning, one of the major reasons we've chosen Batman, we already did a little bit on Aquaman um, from Mm. Rebirth, and alphabetically, Batman was the next one. But I think he's both of our favourite characters, so it's probably the easier one. I've officially had to drop Green Lantern as my favourite hero now, because I've been reading so much Batman for the last year that I think it's just taken over. And I think about a quarter of all my graphic novels that I own are Batman books. So I think just proportionately now, I've got to say I'm, I'm a Batman fan more than anything. 
and he's he's the most accessible to get into. He's the one that most people have probably read or seen the most of. So it seems like a pretty good place to start. But what we also thought we could do is, around the time of the release of any major films or TV shows, we can profile those characters. So we'll try and go back and do Wonder Woman and Spider-Man. But say we can do one for Thor around the release of Ragnarok. We can do Justice League around the release of that film. And then we can do, you know, Captain Marvel and Black Panther and some of those I'm not going to be able to offer much on. So I might just be able to host and we can get other people on and you two can discuss it. And I'll just sit here and, you know, make dick jokes and stuff like that, like I usually do. <laughs> and it seems like a good way for us doing it because Joe, Joey said it to me the other day. Um, we've wanted to do more comic stuff, but we couldn't find a way of doing it. And there didn't seem much point going through Rebirth because there's not that many people that we know that are actually reading it. But I think there's more chance of people wanting to go out and buy old stuff than they yeah. buy the new stuff, because the new stuff, you've got to be so invested in it, both with sure. your time and with your money. Whereas going and buying a good book, it's literally a one-off payment. That's it. You enjoy it. Well, then you've got the option of, you know, go and get another one, but you could go and get one that's from 25 years later. Whereas if you get invested in Rebirth, you've got to get every week. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. And hopefully, it's maybe something we can do more with Marvel as well, because we we are quite DC heavy, because I pretty much exclusively read DC, but I've started getting more Spider-Man and Daredevil and Deadpool, so it's another thing that we can we can look at to try and be a little bit more comic-y with our so-called comic pod. So the, the logical place to start seems to be right back at the beginning. Um, this is generally where you tend to shine, so I think I'll have to hand over to you. So if you want to do a little bit of a piece, we, we know Batman is synonymous with uh, the great Bob Kane, mm-hmm. but his early stuff was written by Bill Finger, and he's generally he's not a name that's really associated, is he? Even though he was he was there right from the beginning. Yeah, it's sort of the the Spider Man story, um, kind of the same thing. How one guy gets all the credit and the other guy doesn't, and this is the exact same thing. Like you said, Bob Kane creator and Bill Finger, but. It's the it's always the way this is in any case. It's who's in the public eye the most, and then that guy gets the credit. It's just the way these things work. But um, his first appearance was in Detective Comics 27, which was uh, May of 1939. So this dates the character a long ways back. And one of the great things Stu alluded to it already. The great things about Batman is that you can he is relatable. You know, he's just a guy in a suit. Now it's a little more than that, but. When it, what it boils down to is he really is just a human being in a suit, just like Spider-Man is. But, you know, and the difference being that he doesn't have those spider powers. So, you know, when you can relate to somebody, you tend to gravitate towards that. Um, for me, Batman has the best villains ever. Um, again, another yeah. thing that you can, you can gravitate to. The Joker is my all-time favorite anything. I mean, Batman's my favorite character, but... Um, actually he might not be, he's probably second behind the Joker just because the whole, you know, the whole thing of the Joker for lack of a better word, just fascinates me. Um, but yeah, he, he's been written by so many different people. Uh, he was actually off the success of Superman and action comics is what prompted them at the time. They were national comics publications, the future DC. They just requested more superheroes. They were like, hmm, this guy's making us some money. Let's make, let's create somebody else who's awesome. So they thought up Batman. Because uh, we're, we're had, talking, aren't we? Right, right back in the. It, it's f- for me anyway. It's hard to think about this because now you could go into a comic book store and go, right, I've never read comics. Okay, what do you like? 
well, I want something that's relatable or I want something that's completely over the top. I want it to be set in space. I want superpowers. But back then, there wasn't that many characters. So for, for somebody to come up with this idea and then make it marketable and for it to actually be picked up by a major publication to me is mind-blowing because the last real big comic book character for me that was created was probably Harley Quinn and she was kind yeah. of an accident wasn't she because she was made she was. she was made for the the TV show mm-hmm. and somehow managed to port away over to the comics and now she's a member of the suicide squad she's got her own title she's crossed over with other people's titles as well and there's not that many other examples of people doing that. It's normally, you know, comic becomes TV, comic becomes movie. So you've got to think that back in this time, there was hardly any superheroes. So this was a really, I mean, it was barren, wasn't it? There was hardly anyone out there, which is what makes them well, so incredible. Nothing. That, that yeah, people no, were no. able to come up with these ideas, but actually get them on, get them actually on paper. And people loved it. Yeah, it really did. The people ate these things up. And, and that's what, you know, again, that's, that was the golden age of comics when that came around. But, you know, the, the, to his whole costume was such a, um, back and forth between Kane and Finger, which is really, again, the parallels with Spider-Man and Batman creations are so together that it, it's almost like they, these four guys who didn't even know each other at the time sat in a room where we're like, Hey, you make Spider-Man. We'll make Batman. Let's figure this out. Because it, I mean, that's basically what it was. It's, you know, it, Kane tells a really good. I don't know if you ever read his autobiography before. No. So yeah, he he's an interesting guy. But again, like it's like Stan Lee, he's sort of a dickhead. <laughs> he just he called um, Bill Finger one day and he's like, I have a new character called Batman. Um, and then Finger kind of was like, okay, well this is what he should look like. And they went back and forth. And again, who do you give more credit to? Do you give more credit to the guy who thought about it or the guy who gave him his personality? Because with Batman. It's what you see in the movies, what sometimes they struggle to do. It's really hard to get Bruce Wayne right. Um, Bruce Wayne is harder to get across on screen for me than Batman is. And, you know, I'm not too sure how I feel about um, Ben Affleck now. There's a lot of rumors that he may not end up being it. Uh, And I think they went back into Batman after Nolan's Batman way too quickly. Although I understood why they did it. But again, it's... You know, you're talking, this is the 1930s, 1940s to get this character across and to make him this popular. You know, it's pretty amazing. You know, again, it's the parallels of Spider-Man, but he's grown so much. Like his original costume is kind of corny looking. Um, oh, yeah, it's, it's very basic, isn't it? I mean, it's literally yeah. just like a gray, a gray onesie with a pair of black pants over the top. And originally he had wings, didn't he? Yeah, they were absurd. They were his, humongous. His cape was more wing, and yeah, they're about three times bigger than his body. And he looked yeah. really goofy. And I've, 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 I've done a little bit of reading, and supposedly it was Finger, wasn't it? He was the one that refined yep. everything. He, he, he did. was the one that he, he sorted out the mask to, um, uh, to make the eye holes blank rather than being able to see his eyes. Because then you can't right. read yeah. on him. If he's scared or something, you can't see the fear in his eyes. And he sort of humanized him. And I'm, I'm the same as you. It's do you cut who's, Who's the real creative genius? The guy that spits out the name and goes, well, I've come up with a character called Batman Spider-Man or the one that actually puts the meat on the bones. And I would always say it's the guy that puts the meat on the bones because it's not easy to have an idea. It's difficult to have an original idea, but it's even Mm -hmm. more difficult to pad that out and actually turn it from two words or one word into a character with an alter ego and a personality and a backstory 
and sidekicks and a family and a list of villains, that's where the real creativity is to me. So I would always go with, you know, Bill Finger and Steve Ditko on that. that yeah, kind of me thing. too. I'm, I'm exactly the same way. And, you know, again, it's it goes back to the one Batman seeing his um, parents die when he was younger. That's that's all Bill Finger. You know what I mean? That's not that's not Kane. So it's and that's again, a, that's a pretty dark thing when you think superheroes in in the Golden Age. It it must have been quite risky to, especially when you're talking about Superman. Superman comes down; he's the beacon of hope. Yes, mm-hmm. he comes from a, a, a destroyed planet, but they didn't really go that much into it. You know, to see a kid of what seven or eight years old, his parents murdered in mm-hmm. front of him. That's really, really fucking dark. To yeah, a, and, a, a and we're talking note. Yeah, and again, this is 1939. This was not. You know, comic books were not mainstream at that time the way they are now, where you can kind of go to a lot of places, or obviously we have online where we can order them. That was obviously not an option back then, but you had to come up with a story like that and then release it. And, and people, then, you and know, people were a lot more repressed back then. You think, you know, yeah. this was very much the age of, you know, I'm a man, I'm going to go and earn the food. You're a woman, you stay at home and you cook tea and you raise children. And, you know, you're trying to get that kind of really deep, dark, traumatic image over to just normal working class everyday people and it clearly worked otherwise we wouldn't be here with batman but we also wouldn't have the plethora of other characters that we have because every every superhero opens a door for another one and another one and that's why there's so many parallels isn't it between marvel and dc one comes up with a character and the other one goes well i like that idea we can't use deathstroke but what about deadpool you know, we yeah, they just use, try to one up each other constantly. That's I mean, that's the name of the game. Aquaman will use Namor or Namor yep. and Aquaman. You know, um, oh, Catwoman and Black Cat. Like, if, yeah, if, if you put the two of them side by side, there's always going to be a case where you know these five DC ones came first, but then these five Marvel ones did. They, there's pretty much an equivalent of every one for every other, and that's because they feed off each other as much as people paint them as rivals. They're all part of the same machine. You know, one hand washes the other. If there was no DC, there'd be no Marvel and vice versa. Because a company like this, they need competition. Otherwise, yeah, as, they, as they've both done, when they get too cocky and arrogant, they stagnate, the stories get shit, the characters get shit, they disappear. In the meantime, the other company comes back. So DC come back with Rebirth. Marvel goes mm-hmm. away. Now Marvel at the end of the year is planning Marvel Legacy, which is the exact same thing where they're, planning on, they're, they're taking the spotlight <laughs> off the younger characters, so off Riri, whatever her name is, the new Iron um, Iron Heart, um, Sam Wilson as, oh, as Captain America. Oh, there's so many different, yeah. Jane Foster as Thor, and they're going back to classic Thor Odinson, Steve Rogers, Tony Stark, Peter Parker, Bruce mm-hmm. Banner, the bread and butter that made Marvel Comics the huge conglomerate that it is now. And, you know, the same thing will happen and, you know, DC will go, well, hang on, they've done that really well in two years' time. So it's, I, I just find it incredible. I, I wonder what it must have been like to be in, you know, the, the 30s and the 40s at the, the, the origin of these kinds of things and to have started reading right from the beginning. Because it must have been incredible. Because for us, we've grown up with comics always there. This was sure. brand new for, for, the, for this generation of people. So it must have been exciting. But the, the in, in terms of the story, everyone knows the origin. You've either read it, you've seen it animated, you've seen it on TV, or you've seen it on the films at least three or four times. 
So we won't cover it in any great detail. We've told you what it is. You already probably probably know anyway. And and from that traumatic event, I think there's there's been a couple of different versions of it, but the general accepted version is he sort of makes a promise there and then that he's going to avenge his parents and he's going to try and improve the city. He goes away to somewhere, because I think that's been retconned a couple of times. He trains. He comes back in his late teens, early 20s, and then gradually as the years go on, kind of like you saw in Deadpool, he starts off with a crappy suit and he's not very good. But every time he goes out, every fight he gets in every investigation, he gets a little bit better and a little bit better. Just to segue a little bit, it's something they did really well in the Earth One graphic novels. Yeah, a really good true. bit where Batman isn't a very good detective, and at one point he's talking to Jim Gordon and he says to him, "You're going to have to teach me how to be a detective." And that's one of the you know one of the improvements that he's made because he's not just a fighter; he's the div- he's He's very psychological. He can read people. He knows behavior, but he's also a great criminalist and a good detective. So he can find things. He can fight. He's also a great inventor. He creates a lot of his own gadgets. And that's another thing that sets him aside from a lot of other characters because because he doesn't have any actual power. He's an incredibly well-trained martial artist. He's fluent in about a hundred different kinds of combat. He's very strong. He's physically fit. But at the end of the day, he doesn't do anything that a thousand other people on the planet couldn't do. But what sets him apart is all those other bits that bolt on. You know, the, you might be a great fighter, but you might be crap at reading people. You might sure. be a great fighter, but, you know, can you invent batarangs and the grapple hook and the batmobile and then all the different kinds of armor that he has, anything from so he can go underwater, so he can go into space. So he's, he's got an equivalent of like the Hulk Buster where it, you know, he's a hundred times stronger than he would normally be. And that, that's, I think, why a lot of people like Batman, because we all like gadgets, we all like gizmos and tech, and mm-hmm. that is just Batman to his core, isn't it? He's literally got a gadget for everything, from the practical right, right back yeah, to the stupid cheesy things like the shark repellent from the original TV show. Yeah, which was awful. But yeah, you're right. I mean, and the thing about Batman is it's not just his money that sets him apart, it's his drive, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah, he's a billionaire, and that's, of course, that's going to play a part. That's going to allow him to build things like... He has Tony Stark knowledge, you know, he's got that Wakanda Black Panther knowledge. He's that kind of mind. And that sets him apart from a lot of people. It's not just, hey, I'm going to hire a bunch of people to do this. These are all his ideas that he came up with. Um, and again, yeah, we don't want to really bore people with his, his, you know, parents dying story. Because if you watch any of the movies, I think every one of them, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I've touched on that. So... You know, he trains with the League of Assassins, who are led by Ra's al Ghul, who ends up being an, a great enemy of his. You know, but he learns from these people. Like you were talking about how he's a, a, a great martial artist and the languages and all that stuff. It's the drive that he just never stops. And it becomes, you know, it's like becomes like sickening almost to him because this is a guy who his whole life is based upon revenge, revenge of my parents being killed. Then it's, well, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the protector of Gotham. And then it's, I got to protect this person. And then he starts to bring Robins on. And a lot of people look at that like, oh, well, he's setting them up for failure. He's bringing them on to kill. And I'm like, well, and it's not really that. He's just, he makes them aware like, hey, I'll train you if this is what you want, but be known that there's a good chance you'll die. And we'll be, well, I'm sure we'll talk about that in our favorite books. Um, and he always yeah. he refers to them as and he several times I can think across different iterations he always refers to Robin as a soldier 
Yeah. He, he never always. wanted he, Batman never wanted a Robin. He always wanted to be on his own. The, I mean, this seems like a good way to segue into the Robins because the Robins is probably one of my favorite things about Batman. Because the, there's been a lot of cheesy sidekicks, and a lot of the major ones have had sidekicks. Captain America has had Bucky. Um, Green Arrow has had um, Speedy slash Red Arrow slash Arsenal. The Flash has had Kid Flash. But Robin is, to me, without a shadow of a doubt, the pinnacle of sidekicks because all of the Robins have gone on to be greater than the sum of their parts. You know, every one of them starts off as Robin but gets to a point where they can no longer be Batman's sidekick. They can't be in his shadow anymore. They have to go off and become Nightwing, the Red Hood, Red Robin. And it will undoubtedly happen with Damien, the current Robin, when he's older than 13. But Dick Grayson was the was the first Robin. He's well regarded as being the best. And he is the best, even though he's not my favourite. My favourite's Tim Drake. Um, and he he his parents were killed by the mob. Tragic circus accident. Yeah. Bruce, Bruce takes him in, but he doesn't take him in to become Robin. He takes him in because he sees a kid. Who he's an orphan. Had, had the exact same problems that he had, but with none That's of right. the money and none of the support. And he takes him in as what they used to call his ward. He, he pretty much he adopts him as like his would-be son, and he's he's trying to show him high society, and he's bringing him up right and giving him a home and love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, through a series of events, he finds out that Bruce is Batman, and he twists his arm, doesn't he? He makes him. He does. Yeah. He, he, you know, Dick is the one that tells him, I want to do this. Bruce, if anything, is pushing him away, saying, I don't want this life for you. You are too yeah. young. This is my fight. And well, that's, that's the thing. Like, I, I, That's the thing that bothers me about a lot of people that say Batman preys on people. And I'm like, no, it's not that. If you're a comic book reader, you would know that he's not he's not looking for people to be a sidekick. Batman hates working with other people. He'd rather be by himself all the time. But, you know, he doesn't want to put anybody else's life in jeopardy. That's his whole shtick. But, you know, he embraces them because, again, they end up with that same kind of drive that he has. Like, hey, I want to be good, really good at something. And in the case of you were just talking about, yeah, his parents died. There's a lot of similarities there. He sees a lot of himself in that particular Robin. Um, and then we can probably get to Jason Todd. I'll let you tell that one because I, you know. Oh, it's a bit of a mindfuck. Yeah, so after after uh, Robin, uh, Dick Grayson Robin, he gets to about, I mean, he must be about 18, 19, maybe even into his early 20s. And he's now a fully grown man. He's too old to be the boy wonder. And he, he's, in the interim, he's not just Batman's sidekick. He's gone off and he's founded the, the Teen Titans with a lot of the other sidekicks. So with Speedy and Kid Flash, the two major ones. So that the sidekicks have gone and formed like the Junior Justice League. And he realizes that he doesn't want to be Robin anymore. He wants to branch out on his own. So he comes up with a new persona of Nightwing. Batman is then happy for that to happen. You know, it's like he's graduated sure. school. He doesn't Basically, go yeah. out with the intention of finding another Robin. But through chance, he stumbles across this. He, he's in Crime Alley, which is the place where his parents were killed and the Batmobile mm-hmm. is parked there. He comes back one day and he finds this scruffy little kid stealing the wheels off the Batmobile. Because in the old comics, the Batmobile was just a souped up car. It didn't right. look like a yeah. tank like it does now. And it was kind of like a two-seater sports car. And there's this kid stealing the wheels off it. And they have a bit of a, a bit of a back and forth. And he, again, he, he takes him under his wing and 
through a series of events, Jason finds out that that Batman uh, that Bruce is Batman. But Jason's got a different drive. Dick's drive was he wanted revenge on the the mobsters that killed his family, but he didn't have the darkness. He all he knew to stay in the light. He if anything, he's better morality wise than Batman is because mm-hmm. he doesn't have that burning hatred inside him. He doesn't. Jason had that about ten times over. He led a messed up life. He was a very deprived child. He didn't have a lot growing up. He didn't have an easy life before Batman and he certainly didn't have an easy life with him. And from the no. very off, Jason always looked a little bit out of place. He was a little bit too rough. There was, if you've seen the Under the Red Hood film, there's a yeah, scene they do where he, really- they, they go into a drug den and Jason flies at this guy and kicks him so hard he shatters his collarbone and yeah. Batman's tearing strips off him saying we could have got information off his suppliers. Now he's gone into shock. And, and Jason was always, he always had the red mist and he, he, he couldn't hold <laughs> back. There's a really famous panel in one of the old comics where I think the guy is a serial rapist that they're trying to chase and they arrive at his, his condo. And just as Batman arrives, Jason's got there first and mm-hmm. he arrives just to see this guy falling off the balcony. And Batman asks him what the hell happened. And Jason just goes, he slipped. I startled him. He wasn't expecting me and he slipped and fell. And Batman gives him this look and he never really knows, was he pushed or did he actually slip? Because Jason always had that. That's a darkness he has about him. Yeah. Like he wouldn't put it past him that that he could potentially have seen somebody and gone, you know what? If we put you in jail, you'll be out in 18 months and you'll do this again. The only way to do this is to put you down. And that is why. He, he more suited his later incarnation of the Red Hood, a really strong anti-hero. Big time. Yeah, more I mean, he's suited being the boy wonder. His, his death at the uh, Joker's hands is just a phenomenal read. Um, and uh, I did see, I know you've seen it, but the uh, movie is really good how he gets killed, too. It's um, very, very, they, they did it very fairly. It was very hard hitting. There's a big yeah, old story that tough. goes behind it that's very hard to explain. But he's trying to find his birth mother. He finds out by accident that the woman he thought was his mum wasn't. He tracks down his birth mother and it turns out to have been a trap by, set by the Joker. The Joker beats seven shades of shit out of him with a crowbar. Oh my and then God, leaves him in an, old, in an old warehouse to blow up. And the reason this came about was Jason Todd was a very unpopular character. People couldn't believe that Robin had gone from being this incredible, wholesome acrobat to being this little street punk that used to beat the shit mm-hmm. out of people. And they, they, did a, them, yeah. they did a 1-800 poll, and it was a case of ring this number if you want Jason to die, ring this if you want him to live, and the die. This is a true, this is a true story, by the way, what he's yeah. telling people. It's it's absurd, but that's the way they did things back then. So yeah. And and, and the eyes won by... So much. It was 51% to 49. There was I think there was about 2,500 votes in it. So that this story was happening anyway, but they did two endings. One where Batman arrives, he thinks Jason's dead, but as he picks him up, he gasps for air. Mm-hmm. And then the one that they actually went with, which is the one where he gets there and Jason's been blown to smithereens. And there's an incredibly famous panel where he's there and he's, he's carrying his limp body. He's covered in blood. His clothes are all torn. And this, this was also a really pivotal point for Batman. Because this really sent Batman into a dark spiral. Because he, he, even now, in the current line of comics in this continuity, he still regards the death of Jason 
as his biggest ever failure, even though Jason's now oh, come back him. to life. Yeah, it haunts him to this day. He, he was brought back to life through the Lazarus Pit, which is what um, Ra's al Ghul uses to yes. you know, live for five, six hundred years. But when you come back from using the Lazarus Pit, it eats away at part of your soul, so you come back a little bit darker angrier, every time. A little bit darker, a little bit rougher. So Jason was rough anyway. He came out of it. You come out like a bit of a wild animal. Over mm-hmm. time, you settle. But because Jason had actually been dead, normally when Raz uses it, he's injured and he replenishes. Jason was dead. So he remembers dying and yeah. then coming back. So he remembers the pain of being blown up. Well, remember, he, he blames Batman for his death because of basically because of Batman's refusal to kill the Joker. Yeah. And, and it, he never lets that very go. well in the film. You know, it, it, without going sort of word for word, he says, I can understand if it was Penguin. Or mm-hmm. Two Face, no, maybe not Two Face because he kills, but the Penguin and the sorry, he says the Riddler. You know, the Riddler is Riddler. more about the the game and the chase. And he says, you know, I, I can understand you not killing them, but why him? I thought if there was anyone that yep. you would that you would do this for, it would be me. You know, and and it, it's something that Batman has said that he's thought about because if he kills the Joker once. He could have saved tens or hundreds oh, of thousands yeah. of lives, thousands of people. But once he's he does a- that once he's crossed the line that he can never come back from. And once he's done it yeah. once, he could then legitimize going, well, it was only another one. It was only two. It's only five. It's only 10. And then the entire Batman career has yeah. been a fraud and it's been just completely phony. That, that's he, exactly he it. Says he, in he, that can't, story, he can't be Batman anymore. Once yeah. that happens, he can no longer be Batman because he go, goes against every ethos of what Batman stands for. So, you know, it, it's such a Batman must live the most um, stressful anxiety filled life in, the, in any kind of comic book hero it's just you know he and well, you, you did that the funny you about about spider-man that the, the touched on yeah. very similar things the morality of these heroes That's right the yeah. ones that have everything cast in stone i will not kill you know i'll beat people yeah. up. I'll, I'll batman tortures people but he knows exactly how to do it to elicit just enough pain but without breaking their arm he knows pressure points you know, mm-hmm. where to squeeze to make you in agony. But he's not going to, you know, snap your neck or break your arms no, and legs. Right. Not not intentionally. Anyway, these things will happen. But he, he says in the Under the Red Hood, he doesn't avoid killing people because it's easy. It's the mm-hmm. opposite. You know, he does it because it's difficult. It would be so much easier to just kill people. He's got the weapons. He yep. could throw people off balconies. Same as Spider-Man could. Spider-Man throws people off balconies, but then he'll web them to a lamppost. Yeah, he could just String let them, them up. He, he could let them fall to the to the sidewalk, to the pavement, and splatter, and then they're gone. You know that drug dealer's never going to be pushing again. That pimp's never going to ruin other people's lives. But once they've crossed that line, they will never be regarded in the same way as they are. Batman is held up as a pinnacle of of bastion and virtue, and he wouldn't be seen. He wouldn't be held in the same regard by his fellow heroes by the rest of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, he that, would be kicked out of the Justice League for something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, founding member, he would... Again, he, he's what most of the heroes in DC, they strive to be him because it's... He has to live up to such a name. Like, this is Batman. These are... You know, he has these hardline rules and that's what makes it so hard to be Batman. And it's And it's it's why I love him because it's... I could never do that myself. I put myself in these characters' shoes, and I'm like, man, could I be the Flash? Could I be Green Lantern? Yeah, probably. I could probably do that. Could I be Batman? Hell no. 
I'd have to deal with the Joker all the time and the villains and the Joker's mind games and the the blood on my hands of of Jason Todd and and all this other stuff that he has to go through and it it's a never ending thing. So it, it, he's such a complex character that I just I, you know I, I love him. I really do. Snap. And I, I, after Jason, so Jason comes back. He becomes the Red Hood. He's now he's got his own title in Rebirth, which we'll very very briefly cover. So mm-hmm. after that came Tim Drake, who's my favorite, because when I started reading comics, Tim Drake was the current Robin. He took over in 89. So yep. when I He's started really getting into comics into 93, 94, he was well established. And his backstory's a little bit different. He had a family. He had mm-hmm. a loving mother and father. But he was a giant Batman and Robin fan. And he actually worked out, this goes to show the level of intelligence. I think he was 13, and he worked out that Batman and Robin was Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson, and he yeah, used to he copy Dick's moves. So he's not a trained acrobat, because Dick Grayson was trained by the circus. Tim Drake is just as agile as him, just from copying Dick Grayson's moves. He used to see them on the TV, and he would copy what they were doing, the flips and all the rest of it. And at one point, he just I think he approaches Batman and says, you know, I know who you are. Mm-hmm. And, and and Bruce sees something in him. He realizes this kid is something special. He is by far, he's smarter than Batman. He's a computer genius. Yeah, he he's is. then got the agility. He's got the strength. He's got the charisma and the personality. And that's why he's my favorite. He is regarded even, even by Dick Grayson says that Tim will be a better Batman than Dick could ever be. Cause everyone mm-hmm. always assumes that when Batman dies or retires, Dick Grayson will take over the cowl and he has done three or four times but he never wants to Dick mm-hmm. grew Wood. up in Batman's shadow and he yeah. didn't want that was another reason why he left he didn't always want to be by Bruce's side because people just expect him to take over he wants to be his own man he wants to be Nightwing in Bloodhaven rather than just waiting to become the Batman mm-hmm. Tim would be a brilliant Batman he would, he would, be, yeah, brilliant. He would be he would step in seamlessly to that Batman suit yeah, he would. He really, really would. Because people have always noticed that Dick was a little bit different to to Bruce. Whenever he's done it, they never tell people, you know, Bruce has been crippled or Bruce has been shot back in time or Bruce is unavailable for whatever reason. And whenever Dick's taken over, Commissioner Gordon knows there's something different. He's even remarked that, hang on, aren't you a little bit shorter or aren't you a little bit taller or what's wrong with your voice? And he knows, mm-hmm. he'd, uh, Gordon doesn't know how many Batman, how many Batmen there have been. He, he, he doesn't know if there's one or if there's half a dozen of them and they all take it in turns, but he knows when they change because he, he deals with him so closely so often that, of course, he's going to notice if all of a sudden he's six inches shorter and his voice is a little bit higher or, you know, his accent's changed. But Tim, Tim also got to the point where he outgrew the role of, of Robin and Robin, he then yeah. became Red Robin. It's Red not, Robin. Not that big a departure, but he was flying on his own. He was no longer a sidekick. Mm-hmm. He was his own hero. He's branched out and had different relationships. And I think he. Well, been a, do you remember a, when that happened? When they thought Batman was dead? That's why that happened. Yeah, it was uh, remind me. It was the Batman R.I.P. Yeah. Final Crisis. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when that's Grant one, Morrison. Uh, Grant Morrison, who was one of the best Batman writers ever, in my opinion. Um, yeah. and that's when he started, that's when how Red Robin started. It was a great, it was a great transition because basically Red Rob, well, Tim was the only one who th- didn't think that Batman was actually dead. And that was him basically looking 
trying to find evidence that Bruce Wayne was still alive and basically cutting himself off from everybody else, like Nightwing and all those guys. Because he, he, he's, he's had some problems because his dad became really ill. And I think his dad's um, in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. But he, and, and he's always struggled with the dual personality. Because with Dick, Dick had nobody, so he didn't have to lie. Whereas Tim exactly right. struggled. They lived next door to the Waynes because he came from a well-off family. Yeah, big time. They were it, his parents and their parents were friends growing up. Yeah, so the, the, the Drakes were part of Gotham's elite. So he grew up in a giant mansion anyway, next door to Wayne Manor. But he always struggled because there was only him and his dad. His mum died. I think his mum died of illness. Yes. And he always struggled with lying to his dad, who was like his best friend. But he accepted, as a lot of superheroes do, he couldn't put his dad in that position of knowing that every night when he sees on the news that Batman and Robin foiled a bank heist, that that was his teenage son. That, mm-hmm. that was doing it. And, and all of the Robins, anyone in the Bat family, is rigorously trained by Batman. He never lets them do it on their own until he's run the rule over them, until he's instilled his values and morals, his training. He gives you the gadgets. You obviously get sorted out with the, the uniforms, which over time have gone from being just spandex to being more armoured, and there's a lot more technology involved. But every single person who is who is brought into that family under the umbrella has to be vetted really by Batman because he's got to make sure that they're up to the task. He, he yeah. As you were saying before, he, he doesn't want to be seen to be putting kids in the firing line. He wants exactly. to make sure that if they go out there, they do it of their own free will, but that he's given them every opportunity. And that's why you see kids beating up people twice their size and twice their mm-hmm. age because they've got a level of training and preparation Two-Face doesn't. Two-Face is a gangster. He's a hoodlum. He's got guns, but he's not refined in his fighting. He might try and punch you, but if you're a kid who's half his size, a lot quicker, knows more about using people's body weight against them because you've been trained in judo, well, you haven't got a cat in hell's chance because they will just flip you over. And they've also got, you know, the smoke pellets, the batarangs, the, mm-hmm. the, the lines that they use. They've got all everything they need to be successful. And then, so after Tim's gone off, he was Robinless for a while, and then he was. right in the middle of the Grant Morrison run, in one of the, it, it's, it's regarded now as one of the seminal Batman books, one of the best titles is Batman and Son. We then find out that Batman, after having three adopted children, actually <laughs> has a biological child. Rachel Ghoul has been one of, it's it's hard to say because him and the Joker are completely chalk and cheese, aren't they? The Joker is a is a homicidal yes, maniac. Ra's al Ghul is, he's, he's evil, you know, he, he has plans of, of world domination, but he's incredibly principled. He's a yeah, man. Yeah, you can see how, un, like, I mean, I don't respect for Batman. And, yeah, and you he, can he, see he what he's to, trying to do. Yeah, he, he wants the, the world to be ruled basically like a New World Order type situation, but they That's want right. it to be done with very strict rules, whereas the Joker is, is just an agent of chaos. He wants to see the world burn. Ra's only wants to see the world burn if after it's done that they can rebuild it with order and strict rules and guidelines for the betterment of, you know, society and humanity. But that is where they butt heads because Batman, Bruce, everyone else feels that people should be allowed to make their own mistakes, learn from them, become better people. They don't need this new world order reigning over them, telling you that black is black and white is white. Mm -hmm. But he's um, Al Ghul has got a couple of children. One of them, Talia, becomes fascinated with Batman. They end up falling in love. She calls, they call each other beloved. Uh, yep. Raz always calls Batman the detective. Detective. Um, and side note, 
Ra's al Ghul actually one point told Tim Drake that he believed that he was an even better detective than Batman, than Batman. was. And that's yeah. a hell of a, of, of prey, of, you know, a, a praise comment coming from a villain who first gave Batman the nickname of detective. And he did remind, I think he even said that he might have been, a, he might one day be a better Batman. Cause at mm-hmm. one point in one of the, Mar- the Morrison books, I think he tried to recruit him because Tim was having a really hard time since he thought Bruce had died. Mm-hmm. And he, he tried to get him on his side and he was trying to use all of his, his personal demons against him. Like you were saying, he had a really hard time because he believed that Bruce was alive. He did. Yeah. And, and he was trying to use that confusion to bring him over. But Bruce and, and Talia fall in love. They have a one night thing. And Bruce doesn't realize that she gets pregnant, that the baby gets taken out of her and is grown basically in a lab. He's genetically modified to make him yeah. the perfect specimen, the perfect soldier. Raz originally wanted Batman to be the new follower of uh, the new head of the League of Assassins League because of Assassins. he believed he was the most qualified person, and he was personally very offended when Bruce turned him down because he Batman he trained there. Be. Yeah, he, he he was trained there for many many years in the martial arts, the close close quarters fighting, and to and a lot of the discipline that he uses he got from Raz. Mm-hmm. So he owes him a lot, but he wasn't willing to take that final step of wiping out people for their own benefit, really. Mm, yeah. And then at one point in the mid, when when I think Damien's maybe ten when he comes into his life, all of a sudden she turns up in Gotham one day and introduces this child. It turns yeah, out son of the son of the demon, right? Isn't that like eighty seven when he, or as a baby, I think he is, and then as Damien, he's like Batman six hundred something, and like that. 2006, I think that is. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the the son of the demon one is. Oh, I, I tried to buy it actually, but it's an expensive book because it's regarded it is. as being. A, yep. it, it's a very important one now because of everything that it's set up in the continuity. Mm-hmm. But it was at what I consider to be one of the best times of Batman. The late 80s Batman stuff was incredible, absolutely yeah. brilliant. And then it leapt forward 20 years to the Grant Morrison stuff, which is probably the best. For me, anyway, in terms of writing and artwork and yeah. stories. But it, yeah, so then he, he comes in and originally she introduces him to his son so that he can have some kind of a la- relationship with him. The, the plan was never, here's your child, he's going to be the new Robin. But exactly. Damien realizes, I, I think at first when he comes in, he kind of thinks that Batman's a bit, a bit misplaced and a bit of a wuss, but he realizes that what he's doing is actually a lot more noble than, than his granddad is doing. Because Damian Wayne is uh, Ra's al Ghul's grandson. Yep, because of Talia and Batman, yeah. Because of Talia. So, you know, he's heir to two of the biggest people in the Bat universe, and he's got a straight decision. Do you want to be the lead the League of Assassins, or do you want to follow in Batman's steps? And he decides of his own free will he wants to follow in Batman's steps. But he really struggles for the first few months because he carries a sword. He kills people in some of his first missions. He's killing people, he's cutting people's heads off, and he can't understand why Batman has got this moral compass that won't allow him. But over time, he finally gets it, and to the point now, he begrudgingly accepts it. But he's so disciplined when he call, he never calls him dad, it's always father. Father, yeah. And, and, and he's a bit of a dick to the other Robins as well. Because once, <laughs> once a Robin, you're always a Robin. And there's a great bit in the, in the Grant Morrison run. Batman is not dead, but everyone thinks he's dead. Dick mm-hmm. Grayson, for I think the third time, takes on the cowl. And so you've got the original Robin 
and then the heir to the Batmantle. That's how Damien refers to them. And he, occasionally, you know, the, the odd compliment comes out. And I think right at the end of the run, just as Batman's getting ready to come back. In fact, I think it's the book where Batman actually comes back and Damien gives some kind of a nod to, to Dick and he says, well, you know, you and I were actually pretty, pretty damn good together. You know, the yeah. original Robin and the son of Batman. And for all their petty differences and all the squabbling, they actually are a really good pairing. Fantastic pairing. He, he kicks, Damien kicks off against Rob, against Dick because he's not his dad. You know, he says he's a crap father figure. He, he takes the piss out of him because he's shorter than Batman and his voice mm-hmm. isn't the same. And, he loves rubbing it in everyone's facts. Like, yeah, you might act like his son, but I'm his actual flesh and blood. There's only one person going to take over the mantle here. But that's when the other Robins are going, I don't want it. If you want it, you have it. I don't want that burden. But Damien actually really does. Damien wants to be Batman. And there's been a couple of stories where you've seen in the future where Damien has been Batman and he, he's completely different. He's gone kind of... I don't know, he's gone a bit gothic looking. He's wearing a long trench coat. Yeah, it's he, he, he definitely different. He doesn't wear yeah. a cape. He still wears no. the cowl. He still wears the similar sort of suit. But he's wearing like a long trench coat. I think sometimes he's carrying guns as well. But this is when future Gotham is shown to be a lot darker. It's gone a lot more shitty. And maybe Damien's the best Batman to deal with that because he, he's accepted the morality up to a point. But you still think that if push came to shove he would put someone down. Oh, I think he would too. And remember this for the DC to create Damian Wayne was massive. Like nobody ever thought, why would Bruce Wayne have kids? Where does he have time to do this? But you know, that, that whole infinite crisis thing, which is really hard to explain, but the whole Superboy prime thing really allowed them to do that and reset and go, okay, now we're going to make him a son. You know, when you attack the fabric of that universe, that's kind of what you get. And they, the, out of that came Batman's son, which I never thought would happen. And I was against it in the beginning. Now I've come around to it, but I, I think it's cool. He'll never be Batman to me, which is fine. He's not supposed to be. But it, it, at first I was like, uh, no, bad idea. Don't do this. But again, I've came around to it. I don't know how you feel about Damien when he first came out as opposed to how he is now. Well, I, I picked it up after the fact. My first exposure to him was from the animated movie Batman and Son, and instantly oh, okay. I liked it. I, I thought it was a great idea. But if you'd said to me when I started reading Batman books, you know, in the future Batman's going to have a son, I would have been the same. I would have said, well, that's stupid. How is yep. Batman going to have a relationship and father a child? And how is he going to have a, a, you know, an expectant mother at home while he's leaping across the rooftops? And obviously, he didn't do that. You know, they had a one-night thing in the middle of a desert, and then 10, 11 years later, she turns back up with his child. That is the only conceivable way Batman could ever have a kid, is by mm-hmm. having pretty much no involvement after conception. Because Basically, it, it, yeah. it wouldn't work. <laughs> Batman will never have a functioning relationship unless it's with a fellow hero, or as, is, as they're doing in the current comics, a villain, where he's, villain. he's now mm-hmm. proposed to Catwoman. Because they've always had a bit of a back and forth. Back and forth. Has with, with Tarly. Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah, back and forth constantly with both of them, especially so, the Catwoman. So we, we, we've, I mean, that, that's a, that is still, even though that's taken about 15 minutes, that's a condensed version of the Robin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's absolutely. a lot yeah, we, of other people in there. You've, you've got three, I think, different Batgirls. You've got mm-hmm. Batwoman, who's been Oracle. Oracle, which was obviously the original Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, after she was yes. crippled by the Joker, which was then. 
they didn't retcon it. They reversed it. She had groundbreaking surgery, so now she is Batgirl again. But it also yes. went to oh um, Cassandra Kane and Stephanie Cassandra Kane, Stephanie yeah. Brown, who was also a Robin, but she's not regarded as being one of the Robins because it was only for about three months. You've then got more recent from Batman Incorporated, which is right at the end of the Grant Morrison run. You had Batwing, which is mm-hmm. now. Lucius Fox, the guy that makes yes. Batman's tech, his son. His son. You've got Azrael. You've then got some newer characters, Spoiler, um, Orphan. Clayface is now a part of the villain. I know, Clayface which is so weird. <laughs> is now a part of the um, the Bat family in Rebirth, which is very, very strange, but it works. Yes, it is. In, uh, yeah, in it does work. Comics. You've then got other people like um, the, the Huntress is, is very often involved in the Bat family. Big time. And he's got one of the biggest stables of of partners and and you know the bat families we call them. But he's also, as you you said before, without a shadow of a doubt, has clearly got the best villains. And we did a poll on this, and we whittled mm-hmm. it down from DC, Marvel, and groups to I think it ended up as Batman, Spider Man, and the X Men. And I think it was the X Men. Yeah. Batman won by about two thirds of the votes. Yeah, and th- there's no surprise if you went up to most people and said, "Name me five Batman villains," they could probably give you more than five. Most easy, people I think. could reel off easily half a dozen without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. That's not the same with Superman. Superman is a huge character, but after you've got really Lex Luthor, a lot of people aren't going to go into Metallo or. Because they're not really good villains, you know what I mean? Like they they're have not marketable in the same way that Batman villains are. Yeah, not. exactly. They don't, there's no depth the to them. Look, look at the films that we've had. You've already had Joker, Riddler, Two Face, Catwoman, Poison Ivy, Bane, mm-hmm. um, da, uh, Freeze, Mister. F- oh, you had to remind me. Oh, I did. I, that's God. why I did it. I wanted to hear your reaction. Oh, <laughs> so so bad. It's a dark day in cinema when we talk about Mister. <laughs> Poison Ivy. Yeah, oh God. Yeah, Poison <laughs> Ivy. So poor. They're, they're just just from the films. If you've watched the animated series, you've the oh Scarecrow as well. Uh, Scarecrow was in. If you go and watch the animated series, then you start getting the likes of Clayface in there. Mm-hmm. You then go to the comics. I mean, Batman's Rogues Gallery is easily three, four, five times bigger and better than anyone else's. Yeah, and that is absolutely. what makes him such a compelling read. They could do a different, you know, if a story arc lasted, say, 10 issues, they could do a different one every arc and not repeat villains for about four or five years because Mm -hmm. there's so many and the partnerships and then the team-ups where they come together. And then you've got the sort of the B-list villains because just the A-list villains must be 40 or 50. Then you've got the B and the C-list. And they chop and change so much, but they don't need to, you know, create new ones because they've got such a a depth of of talent to call on and i'm sure you'll agree on this a hero is only good as their villain you know you could have the greatest hero in the world but if the villains are shit if they're not being mentally and physically challenged what's the point and that's the whole thing about batman he's always being challenged bane has challenged him physically more than anyone um the joker has challenged him mentally more than anyone because, uh, as you were saying, the, the life he leads, he mo- after every time the Joker does something, he must go home and think to himself, if I'd just killed him, those mm-hmm. hun- that bus full of orphans would be alive. You know, that bridge that blew up, all those people would still be alive. And 
the, the psychological damage that's been done to him over the years, plus what, what the Joker did to, to him through Jason, that, that scar will never heal. He, it's the biggest failing of his life. He left one of his soldiers to die is what he tells himself. He didn't. Jason was too hot headed, lied yeah. to him, went off on his own. And by the time the, Batman, yeah, realized, he wanted to fight Joker. He was you know too I mean? late so, because Jason yeah. was a Bertie big bollocks, wasn't he? He thought he could he finally was. take down the Joker. Yeah. And he couldn't because the Joker is cleverer, more yeah. clever. Sorry, terrible English. No, and it's he, okay. He, he's stronger, <laughs> and he's mo- but mostly he's more evil than people give him credit for. Oh God, yeah. And I forget who it was. Who was it that the Joker tried to kill? Because somebody had tried to kill one of the Robins, and Joker beat the shit out of him because he was. He said, "I am the only person that is allowed to do that to, to him." Yeah, because <laughs> nobody's ever killed one of the Robins before. Nope. But most people, generally, most sidekicks don't die. Most heroes don't die. So for DC to have done that, and that was what eighty six. Which one? Uh, uh, Killing Joke. Ki- uh, no, um, Jason Dine was. I think it was mid eighties. Uh, that's um, Death in the Family is eighty eight, eighty nine. Right. So it's still yeah. now a long time ago, and on you can probably count on one hand the number of sidekicks in that time that have died properly, yeah, oh, properly yeah. died. And mm-hmm. a lot of them come from big events like Crisis on Infinite Earths or Infinite Crisis or any of the other DC crises that they seem to come up with. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we, we could do a whole separate pod just on Batman villains because... Yeah, we really could. We could be talking here for four hours, but... We would get in a lot of trouble from a lot of people. Yes, yes, we would. A hell of a lot. So just very, very briefly, if anyone was looking... At Rebirth, the, the current DC line, it's been going for just over a year, isn't it? I think it started last June. Was the June one sixteen was the first? Yeah, yeah. So at the minute, in terms of the Bat family, you've got Batman, who is in his own book, Detective mm-hmm. Comics, Justice League, and Trinity. You've then got Nightwing, who is in his solo book and Titans. You've got Red Hood, who is Red Hood and the Outlaws, which is a, a rehash of the title when he was with. Um, Arsenal, formerly Speedy, formerly Red Speedy. Arrow, but now yeah. he's with Artemis, who is an Amazonian, and Bizarro. You know, Superman's sort of—he's not his evil clone because he's not really evil. He's just kind of stupid. He's like a stupid yeah. clone, and he, everything's mm-hmm. a reverse. He's like—he's like the anti-Superman, really. Robin is Robin Damian Wayne is part of the Super Sons, which is him and Superman's son. Who's mm-hmm. kind of unofficially Superboy, but they don't go, they don't go balls to the wall of actually calling no, him Superboy. He's still mm-hmm. his son, and he's also now uh, Robin is now part of the Teen Titans. So you've got the Titans, which is the original Teen Titans grown up, and now the new Teen Titans is another generation of young sidekicks, and then Batgirl, uh, which again, as we said, is Barbara Gordon. She's in her own title, and she's in the Birds of Prey, which is Batgirl. Black Canary and Huntress and mm-hmm. I subscribed to pretty much all of them apart from Batgirl's solo book because I didn't like the artwork. It was very Did I. it was more I said it was kind of more manga style, wasn't it? And I just couldn't yes. get on board with I it. I can't no, I never liked that either. I mean the I mean Detective Comics is my favourite of that bunch. Oh, without a doubt mine too. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the, the team like, that he's working with. So the the first issue is Batman, Red Robin, so Tim Drake, spoiler, orphan. Clayface, Batwing, and Batwoman. Mm-hmm. And Batwoman's an odd one because out of the family, she's the only person wearing the Bat name 
that wasn't created by Batman. She's got a whole different side story where she does. She, she was trained by her father to be a soldier and she kind of just adopted the bat name because she wanted the symbol and bat, she was using guns and she would kill people. But Batman, Which is really weird for a Batman character. It is. And a lot of people thought that she was part of the Bat family and Batman tried to have a word with her and she's saying, well, I don't need your permission. You know, you don't own a copyright on this, which is true. But in time, he brought her into the fold. He trained her and he helped. And now she's a, a crucial part of that mission in Detective Comics. Because when Batman's not around, she's the, basically, she's the sort of second in command, isn't she? Because she's got a military background, she's incredibly organized, she's incredibly disciplined, she's great with tactics and strategy. So she's the perfect lieutenant to lead this very young team. And she's been really good with Clayface, because Clayface is reformed now. He's trying to right his wrongs. And she's just so weird having him. (laughs) It's like hard to get into, you know, because it's, it's such different. Like, I don't mind them changing a lot of it, but it's so different having him just being a good guy now. It's like, what the hell? It is. It's very weird, but it, I completely agree that the solo Batman title has been okay. Detective Comics has been one of the best overall. I did my latest top five, and I think Batman, I think Detective Comics was about third, maybe. Nightwing mm-hmm. has been brilliant. Red Hood is good because it's different to see the violence. Like, Jason is. Again, he's very well trained, he's acrobatic, but his main thing is running around with two pistols and he will blow the shit out of anyone. So he's very much in the anti-hero camp. Yeah, um, big back, time. Yeah, Batgirl's been pull. good with, with the Birds of Prey because it's interesting mm-hmm. seeing the way they work because Batgirl is very clean, very by the book. Big time. Huntress is the opposite. Huntress, again, is an anti-hero. She'll put a crossbow bolt through your eyeball if you look at her wrong. And then Black Canary kind of flits between the two. She's good when she needs to be, but she'll rough people up. And Black Canary out of the three is the only one who's a real metahuman. She's got the actual superhuman power. The other two are just well-equipped, well-trained, strong and intelligent. So if you were going to go for any of them, if you wanted to read any Batman comics, we'd definitely go for Detective Detective. Because yeah, it's absolutely. different as well. And it's seen the way Batman works in that team. And now they've just brought Azrael back into the team. And it's getting it's awesome. really, yeah. really good. So it's delving now back into, you know, the depths of Azrael that goes back to like the early 90s when he was a, a bit more of a major player. And I think yeah. we both said before, we want Azrael to actually become part of the Rebirth line. We'd love him to get his own story. And I'm hoping that that might happen off the back of this. Because they announced the original lineup of Rebirth and it was what you'd expect. Green Arrow, Green Lanterns, Batman, Superman, The Flash, blah, blah, blah. Your big time's ones, yeah. gone on. They've dropped in, like Batwoman has now got five or six issues. I'll be honest, it hasn't been a very good read. No, I don't think so either. And it might just take time for the character to mature on her own. She's a very good supporting character, but she just needs a little bit of time. The writing probably needs to mature a little bit. That's the key right there. You you said it perfectly. It's the writing. And a lot of times with these books are all driven by sales like anything else. So what could be a great book, if it's not selling, they'll X that real quick. I, I think the, she's, they do it all the time. She could potentially be in trouble because the reviews haven't been great. It's been no, it's been very muggled, and the and to be honest, the artwork's not been great as well. Again, it, it's looking, it's kind of like the Batgirl title, so I, I've just cancelled mine. So I'm I'm hoping they're going to book their ideas up, and then I can always pick it back up because that's what I did with Deathstroke. Um, mm-hmm. I fell out with Deathstroke, but then I was one of my favourites. Oh, I know, I, I wouldn't even begin. To, to start Deathstroke, because otherwise I'll never shut you up. 
Yeah, no, that's what you don't need that. <laughs> so yeah, if you wanted anything, Detective Comics, Nightwing would probably be our big, our big picks. Yeah, one, two, yep. So speaking of big picks, we we said we'll do top five books. We we've talked about it offline, and we've both said out of five books, there's probably going to be one or two that we've picked because mm-hmm. you would be the same if if you read Batman, whoever's listening. And if we were to say to you, who are your top five, you would probably pick a couple of these anyway. If you go and Google top five Batman graphic novels, the ones that we've picked will all be in there, unless you've picked any really weird, you know, right no, side no, of the I brain didn't. ones. No, I went for bigger ones that you would definitely know. Mine are um, all obvious as hell. Yeah, Most I think the majority of mine are them. obvious too, but I, I'm curious to see if we – we might have – I mean, if we end up with the same ones, we can just, we don't have to talk 10 minutes each on them. Cause I know if you want me to start, I can just go. Yeah. You, um, you, you start us off. You're the guest. So I'll, I'll start with my first one and it's the most obvious. It's probably my favorite comic book one shot graphic novel ever. And that's Batman the Killing Joke, which is 88. That's uh, Alan Moore who wrote that, who I, I don't know how many people really don't know Alan Moore. I love Alan Moore. Well, he's royalty, um, isn't he? In, in the comic book really family, is. he's like, he's one of the, he's one of the grandfathers up there. Yeah, he's amazing. And this is basically the Joker at his finest. He's insane, but he's such a mastermind. And this is basically where he shoots Barbara Gordon, paralyzes her. Barbara Gordon, aka Batgirl. Um, aka which, Oracle. Yeah, that, that, this is what laid the groundwork for that. But that is, and they made a animation movie of it, which is actually fantastic. Um, but that's my number one be all end all for Batman royalty. It's just a masterpiece and it grips you. Your emotions are swinging back and forth. It's a um, hell of a ride, isn't it? And it, it's, oh my God, it's there's so much now quotable stuff from it too. It, it's regarded now as this is seen as being the, the definitive origin of the Joker as well, because the Joker doesn't have a set origin. Nobody knows what his name is. Mm-hmm. But th- this goes into the story of, we, we won't break it down too much in case you haven't read it. I mean, the saying about Barbara being paralyzed, that's pretty much common knowledge. What I mean is we won't go panel by panel. and Yeah, but, but people it, should read it. It's an you, absolute you really should. Even if you're not a huge Batman fan, it's a great book. And the illustration by Brian Bolland oh my God. is just amazing, incredible. It really is. And especially if you buy the hardback version with the really high-density gloss paper. Oh. The, beautiful. the detail and it. it's a beautiful book it really is and it's well worth having on your show if you want to if you want to see comic. insanity like what it would actually real look like in real life being around that that's the book because yeah. he is the joker is just unbelievable the writing in that the storytelling is phenomenal it the, really the is. whole story of this before we quickly move on is all it takes is one bad day. And that the Joker's whole point here is he's trying to break Commissioner Gordon and drive him insane. We won't tell you why, because there's some twists and turns in there that will genuinely make your head implode. But the whole point is all it takes, you know, I used to be a normal guy and I had one bad day and then I became the Joker. And that's how far you can fall. And if it can happen to me, it could happen to Gordon. It could happen to Batman and it could happen it's- to you as a reader. So it's yeah. so cerebral, well it really gets into your head. But as we, as you said before, and as I've said, and lots of people have said, it's relatable, you know, because we all know what it's like to have one shitty day. This oh, just God, takes yeah. it to the nth degree. And so yeah. what if you had the shittest day that anyone's ever had? Would you become the Joker? So it's definitely a book to make you think. And I knew yeah. that would be your first. 
Yeah. So you can you tell me your first. Okay. okay. I know you had that. You had that on your list, though. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah. Killing Joke. I've got in his number three. Okay. It's, oh it's wow. A, it's okay. a fantastic read. Uh, my number one. I've got Nightfall, which mm. probably isn't that big a shock to anyone because it was the first Batman book I ever read from a friend of mine. He doesn't listen because he's a United fan, but we talk comics <laughs> now anyway. And he used to read a lot of Batman back when Batman had four books out a month, I think. Yeah, it was crazy. Back in the early Nuts. 90s. And he gave me a copy of Nightfall. I didn't know who Azrael was. I didn't know who Bane was. I didn't know who most of the villains were. But I was fascinated by the story. So Bane releases all of the inmates from Arkham. So that's the regular run-of-the-mill criminals up to the supervillains, the Joker, the Scarecrow. And his, his whole point is he wants to physically destroy Batman, but before he can physically beat him, he's got to mentally break him in half. And basically he's up for about five days straight fighting villains. And every time he's in one of these fights, it takes a little bit more out of him physically, psychologically. And then when he's at his absolute weakest point, Bane breaks into the Batcave, breaks him. Oh, sorry. He, he, uh, he breaks him more publicly in, in Gotham, snaps his back throws him off a building and leaves him to die and declares to Gotham, you know, I've just broken your protector. Who can stop me? And then Azrael becomes Batman. He takes over. He goes wildly psychotic. He comes up with the most incredible armor. He's got claws. He's got rapid fire batarangs that are like little, it's almost like machine gun uh, batarangs. And he's it gets nasty. It's a long saga because it's split into three parts. You've got Nightfall, Night Quest, which is Azrael trying to dominate um, the Gotham Underground. And I must admit, Night's Quest is a bit of a boring book. And it then is. you have Night's End, which is where Bruce comes back. He gets rehabilitated. But now Azrael won't step down as Batman and Bruce Wayne has to better him even though he's got this mental conditioning that makes him stronger and faster and he's sort of precognitive very weird book but yeah nightfall's my pick okay i actually don't have that in my top five as, as i do love it um but i do not have that in my top five for my second um and this is where i thought you might vary with me is i want for the um well you maybe not because i know you liked it the dark knight returns which is Frank Miller. Um, the writing is unreal. Now, I'm not a huge fan of the drawing, and I know that's Stu and I like to. Um, we're big. We like the artists and stuff like that. But the, it's a masterpiece of comic book storytelling. It, it really is. And I don't know if you had that in your top five. I actually didn't because yeah, of the artwork. I, that's I, what I thought. I enjoy the film more than I enjoy reading. I've got both. I've got the the first two because they're still currently doing Dark Knight 3, but I've got... Where are they on my shelf? So I've got Dark Knight Returns and then the Dark Knight Strikes again, and I've read them, but okay. I, I don't enjoy the way they look. But the, the films that they did, the Dark Knight Returns parts 1 and 2... Really good. Incredible viewing. And, and as you said, the story. So you're dealing now he's, with... Yeah, he's retired. Batman's retirement, and he just can't seem to hold out you know he has to get the suit back on so and this is where the the inspiration in batman versus superman came from we we talked about it in the preview and the review the armored suit that he wears is just they may as well have used tracing paper because it's so spot on from Mm -hmm. this Um, and it's the, the same inspiration but with a different reason why he needed an armor to fight superman he's retired he's 
he he can't seem to give that life up because no, he can't. When when he's done it for so long, because I think he's meant to be about what probably maybe late forties, fifties, uh-huh. and it he, he's a bit chunkier. He looks quite they 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 exaggerate it, don't they, in the artwork? They make him look quite short, chunky. Yeah, but it's just the style of the artist. But he he can't stay away, and he has to come back, and he's a little bit rusty, but he gets back into it. And it, there's there's no getting away from it. It it being your second is completely predictable, but not in a bad way. Because a lot sure. of people that read yeah. Batman would have those two as one and two in any order, because they are regarded as being just so well. Ri- it's the writing that makes the story, isn't it? It is, and that's for for me. It is, and I understand why you don't like that artwork because I'm not in love with it by any means. But a good story is a good story, so you get past it. But what do you have for your second? My second, I went with Hush. Oh, that's on my list. Which is, when I, for, when I started my DC graphic novel subscription, Hush was the first issue that arrived. And it's a hell of a book. It's another it really, really deeply psychological one. It also brought Jason Todd back in. Because yep. there was an appearance of what we thought was Jason Todd taunting Batman. But it turns out that it wasn't Jason, it was Clayface. And it's anyone who's not familiar with Hush, Batman's childhood friend, Tommy Elliot, they, they grew up, you know, like brothers. But Tommy was a bit of a dick. Tommy was jealous of Bruce's life. Bruce got everything he wanted. Tommy didn't. So Tommy came up with a plan and he sabotaged, I think it was his parents' car, and he tried to kill his parents so that he could get his inheritance that he believed he was entitled to. But Bruce Wayne's dad, Dr. Thomas Wayne, was a renowned plastic surgeon, and he actually saved the life of one of Mm -hmm. Tommy's parents, and I forget which one it was. It was, I think it might have been his mother. I can't remember either. if I'm wrong. I think think you're right, but I don't want to say, I don't remember 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure you're right. But but that moment, Tommy then started to hate Bruce, because he was like, well, your dad has stopped me from getting everything that I want, everything that I deserve, because Tommy's parents were more like... It's in a trust fund, you know, you can have it when you're 18 or 21. And he wanted it now when he was a kid, when he was young enough to enjoy it. So he goes on a bit of a psychological bender and eventually he ends up having surgery. So he now looks like Bruce Wayne. Mm -hmm. And again, I'd love to to go down page by page and give people a real rundown. But I I don't want to ruin it. And that's the opposite of the Frank Miller one, um, because Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee, Jim Lee is fantastic drawler. Jim so, Lee, and, and he's having a bit of a resurgence now. He is, he's yeah, he really, is. really, really on top of it now. Yeah, his artwork is just, it's phenomenal. Especially when you see him do it. He sometimes does it on his, his Instagram. It'll be like a Sunday night, and he'll go, oh, this is just a flashback to a few years ago when I drew a cover of Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see he's just roughly, it's just a 10-minute sketch, and he's got this incredibly intricate thing, and you've got Batman there and Wonder Woman, and there's Superman flying in, and he's just done it as a sketch on a Sunday night when he was bored after eating his tea. Yeah, and it's just so so easy for him to do it. It's sickening how good he is. And sometimes yeah. I think he even puts up time-lapse videos, and he'll go, I'm just going to quickly draw Batman from, you know, you know, the 1998 story of whatever, and he'll just go, do, 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 there you go. And you sat watching it going, you bastard. I can't even yeah, draw, the- like, Garfield, and you've yeah. just fucking Batman in, like, five minutes. Five, literally five minutes, oh. and it is amazing. Yeah, he's pretty amazing. Yeah. So, I've already said, my, my third, I've, I've said the killing joke, what have you got in three? Well, that was actually perfect, because I'll take that for my three, since I added a little bit to that, and I'll go with my fourth. Okay. Um, 
And my fourth is the four-issue story arc of Death in the Family. Ah, that was <laughs> yeah. That was that's the Jason Todd. Um, that's just it's amazing. I know we talked about it a little bit earlier when we touched on Robbins, but I just I love it. Just the you know you don't expect it. It's the unexpected is what I usually or it's what I normally gravitate to and I love. And, and he, again, even when the you're emotional pull. It. It yeah. still gets you right in the guts because you, when you, I, I, anyone who follows me on Instagram, if I'm reading a good comic and there's a really iconic panel, I'll take pictures of them because I like to share. And that the panel of the Joker beating Jason with a crowbar is, oh, it's awful. It, it's so bloody. And they did a brilliant, not a parody, but they did a parallel of it this year in Batman Beyond Rebirth where the Joker mm-hmm. has actually come back. And there's some guy who's been pretending to be the Joker. Uh, sorry, no, he's been pretending that he's going to um, revive the Joker. And it turns out that someone from his crew actually is the Joker. And mm-hmm. he beats him with a crowbar. And if you put the two panels side by side, there are, and I did, I went and got, as I was reading Batman Beyond, I went and got identical, family, aren't put them underneath each other. And it is literally the the blood splatters are identical and they've done it yep. painstakingly and that just goes to show that's how iconic it is that they're paying homage to it probably you know pushing what 30 years later yeah that that's how iconic it is the same as batman's back being broken you know that that is a really iconic one from nightfall and we both love that we love sharing panels like that because the panel yeah that's cool that, that tells the whole story that there's two pages in um, death in the family and it tells the whole story because he's not just killed he's savagely beaten and oh murdered, it's all it's just so bad and then blown up as if beating him yeah. wasn't bad enough because he probably would have died anyway from mm-hmm. the injuries and then he yeah. blows him up it is very gruesome but I, I've got that as my number four as well okay so last one what's your five so this was the hardest one I thought about under the red hood I decided not to go with that um, there was a lot I could have went with. Um, I thought about the long Halloween, which is excellent. Long Halloween but, is another one I got through my subscription. And if anyone fantastic. hasn't got it, if anyone wants to read DC books, not just Batman, Eagle Moss publishers do a monthly DC subscription where you get two books a month for 20 quid and you get some of the most iconic books. And a lot of them you can't get anymore in regular print without paying like 50, 70, a hundred pounds to get original prints of them. So it's well worth it. And the long oh, Halloween yeah. is, it's, it's awesome. It's two faces origin, isn't it? It is. And it's, it's just really, it's again, that's Jeff Loeb writing it and yeah, fantastic. So for my last one, I was between two of them. One, we kind of already talked about, and then it was Batman year 100, but I, I had to go with Batman son of the demon just because of the significance of it. You know, it's, it, it's introducing his, you know, his son, like is Batman ready to be, have his father-in-law be Ra's al Ghul. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's crazy if you think about that, but to introduce Damian Wayne and the part that he plays in the DC universe now was just mind blowing for me. Like I just never thought I would see something like that. No, me either. And I, I think we might've been on the same path here because my number five is Batman and son. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. The, we are. I, I haven't got a copy. I haven't got um, son of the demon. I've tried and I don't like reading. It's the expensive. Old um, yeah, in in electronic formats because a lot of them it just it feels wrong. I like reading the old comics where you can yeah, feel we're the like old there. Yeah. grainy paper. 
It's the smell of it. It's the feel. It's yeah. It's just different. I mean, I've, not, got, I've got two versions of Nightfall. I've got the original one that was published by Titan, and then I've got the newer ones that were reprinted a couple of years ago. And I much prefer reading the the old ones, although I'm a bit wary of touching them because they're original prints from like 1993, and I want yeah, all my graphic novels to stay because it, it as and when I've got kids, I want my kids to have this library. You know, some people might pass down vinyl. Mm-hmm. I want to pass down all my graphic novels because I want my kids to be able to read these things in good nick. The only and that, exception is... That the ink gets messed up quickly, you know? Like, the more yeah. you touch it with your fingers, it gets messed up real quick. The old stuff does. That's the bloody problem with them. Now it's not so bad. But yeah, I, I went for Batman and Son for the exact same reason because Damian Wayne has had such a huge impact in in Batman's life and in the current continuity. But then also in the the extended universe with the animated films, he's been in probably half a dozen of them now. He's now a part of the Teen Titans. He's now he's not got his own book, but he's got the Super Sons book. So mm-hmm. it could have been an angle that could have just fallen flat on its face, and people could have just run away screaming from it. But mm-hmm. it's they took a massive chance with it. Yeah, they really did. Yeah, and and they've kind of done the similar now with Superman having a son with um, with yeah. John. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, you know anyone who knows Batman, his his father was Jonathan Kent, and that's what he's called his son in tribute to him. So it's yeah, I'm I'm not surprised that you've gone for that because again, and it's an iconic text anyway. Anything it to do with, with with that era of Batman is well worth your time and money if you can get copies of them. But it's on my to buy list as and when I'm able to get a copy for for a decent amount, I will definitely be getting a copy of it. And again, there's so many different books, you know, like I could have went so many different ways. I just tried to go with uh, five bigger ones, although, I mean, they are my five favorites, but I mean, you and I both know there's so much Batman material you could go through. It's oh, just yeah. it's phenomenal. Well, there's um, Arkham, I wondered if you might have gone with Arkham Asylum. Um, I thought about it. He, yeah, he who last. Yeah. Um, a lot of the other ones from the Batman run, so Batman R.I.P., um, that some of the Batman and Robin runs when it was Dick Grayson, so there was Batman and Robin, then there was Batman versus Robin, um, then even into the New 52. I mean, the New 52, as we've talked about over and over again, got a bad rap, but there were some very, very good books in there, especially Batman, where you had not death in the family, they had death of the family, which is where the Joker, again, he's psychologically abusing Batman. He, he convinces him that he's... He's killed um, yeah. Robins and Red Hood mm. and Batgirl and Alfred, and he's cut their faces off, and he's serving them to them as food. It's awful, but it's, it's it's in a good way. <laughs> the, the Court of Owls as well, which has become you know that that's in continuity now in Gotham. It's still in continuity in the Batman comics. It's been alluded to, and that spun off. It had that was the Court of Owls, and then they had Night of the Owls, which involved all of the Bat family, which was a really big arc because. There was all, all of these assassins were out in Gotham and they had to pretty much pull rank and call everyone from the family in. So, and there's other, th- there's plenty of things that I've probably not even heard of that we could have. Oh, uh, well, yeah, we, we, we again, there's, you, you could have gone with some really, really weird out there things. I was thinking about it and then I was just like, you know, like, let's start with the big ones and if we get questions off of it. I can certainly p- push people onto bigger books, but the ones that we were going back and forth with, are bigger ones, yeah, and they're fantastic. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not just like oh, I mean, I didn't even say anything about Batman Year One, which is a phenomenal book. Year One, Earth One as well, which the, Earth it, One. It's not Red so Rain. 
Oh, Red Rain. I forgot I had that until I found it. Yeah, that's what that's I'm saying. You got stuff like that. Really you know, weird we... one. And I, I didn't even know that that was meant to be a good book. That was just a random mm-hmm. trip. It's anyone phenomenal. Who, anyone who comic shops in Liverpool, um, Worlds Apart on Lime Street, I was in there as maybe a 15-year-old, and I just picked it up, looked at the cover, and went, this is cool as shit. It's, it is. Oh, it's awesome. I had no idea what was in it, what it was about. I just loved the, color, uh, the cover, and that was it. Yeah, it's basically, I don't want to ruin it for people, but it's kind of him stopping vampires from taking over the city. Like, that's a much different story than you'll ever read for Batman. And the artwork is dark and brutal. Yes, it is. And, and he really looks very different. Graphic. Like, yeah, it's it graphically is. bloody in, a mo- in the most brilliant way. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. If, if anyone is looking for any recommendations, if you've got those and you want more, by all means, ask us on Twitter and we'll see what we can do. Or a quick Google. Because that's very often what I do. I did that after I saw Wonder Woman. I just Googled yeah. best Wonder Woman graphic novels. I asked you about it. And then off the back of that, I was able to come up with a list. I did the same with um, Spider-Man. And I, a little tip if anyone is looking for them, don't be afraid to buy them pre-owned off Amazon. Because I buy a lot oh, of my books. You, you're talking £15 new, too. or maybe £5. I, I bought three or four volumes of Amazing Spider-Man from the late 90s for the price of buying one of them from a comic book store. So don't be afraid to buy them. Just be wary. You know, go for the ones that say used very good or used like new, and you'll pay less than half the price. So that way you get much more for your money. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Hopefully that's going to be useful to, to some people. Again, if, if you've got any, any major questions, please do ask us about it. If you've got any recommendations that you want to put out there, if you send them to the the comic pod account and we'll uh, we'll retweet them and share them around because at the end of the day that's what it's all about isn't it it's all about share the knowledge and share the enthusiasm for a character that we all love so yeah there you go uh, is there anything anything you want to finish with or anything you want to promote any pods or articles um dave hendrick and i do a weekly podcast for the nba it's called nba holes if you guys want to check that out any nba fans we've been getting a lot of Twitter activity, which is nice because I didn't realize there was that many people who actually watch the NBA because most of my timeline is people in um, different countries, which is cool. So, uh, and there should be another flipbook pod coming out, but I don't know when. Um, me, Kay, and Martin from the international group did that on the Incredibles. So, ah, other okay. than that, yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. So, it's nice to talk. Um, it's one of our favorite movies. And, and again, follow uh, Comic Pod. Stu and I are going to try to do these as much as we can. Again, time yeah. is always a problem just because of that. It's mainly the time difference is what screws it up because yeah, cause, cause when it's I, five hours between us. So when it's, it's hard, yeah. when it's tea time for me, it's the middle of the afternoon for you when you've got two yeah. kids to look after and they can both move. So, yeah. you know, yeah. you need eyes in the back of your head at the best of times, let alone now, now little Parker's mobile. Yeah, so, it's tough now. I mean, I'm, I'm all right because my child, if I say come here and lie down, he comes and, you know, he comes and lies down. I don't <laughs> think you're allowed to do that with babies. Maybe I wish I, worked that way. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll 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 certainly try and do them around major releases. So I I quite fancy doing one for the Flash around the release of the new series and Green Arrow because I've got a shit ton of Flash and Green Arrow books. Yeah, that'd be really um, cool. Yeah, I've been doing big, recommendations big to them for um, Chris four three three Chris because he's just terrible at the minute. He's buying everything that I tell him to. He is. And he is. Don't. He's got about six different people telling him to buy things, and he buys all of them. It's just heartwarming to see. Because <laughs> I love it when people have got no self-control like me. That's fun. <laughs> um, 
we've not got any articles out at the minute, but our last pod that we did has been well received. We did a, a review or a, a sort of a look back at uh, this year's San Diego Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. If you've not seen any of those trailers, get yourself on YouTube and look for as many of the, the SDC, SDCC 2017 trailers, TV shows, movies, all kinds of shit. We've still got our Wonder Woman review out there. And then coming next, I think, Wednesday? Spidey review? Yeah, yeah we, Spidey we do, we're doing a Spider-Man Homecoming re- uh, review because I, I watched it again yesterday. Finally got to watch a film for the second time. And we're also <laughs> going to get round to doing our Ant-Man quiz with Ali Thompson because we're trying to branch out and get more people on because we always have the same people. And now it's getting really hard to get these people on because everyone's got families and jobs and it's just a nightmare. Um, we're going to anyone who listens to AI, especially to the Desi pod, um, will know Harinda. And Harinda, we're going to try and get on for something. I'm just waiting for him to come back and tell me what he actually wants to do. You know what he what he can specialise in. Excellent. So yeah, we're we're trying to keep the momentum going and do more than one a month. So that we're actually doing well. We're back to doing two a week, which is great for me. But Michelle's not very happy about it because <laughs> she thinks I should do like one a fortnight at best. But yeah, I get the same thing on my end. It, it, it's hard to, <laughs> once you get going, it's hard to stop. And the problem is when we stop, we struggle to get going again. So uh-huh. even if it's just me and someone or Rory and someone or me and Rory and someone, we are going to try to still be doing one a week. Thank you for all your feedback. Again, as always, any suggestions for anything you want reviewing, even if it's from years ago or if it's a book or a film or a TV show, if we can do it, if we've seen it or read it, we will do it. You know, all we need is an inspiration and a bit of time and we'll do it. So follow us, AI Comic Pod, um, aicomicpod.co.uk is the website. Uh, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
plushcare.com slash weight loss. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs>